Yo, it's running late with Cab. You already know what time it is. You know what I'm saying? The kid always late, but yeah. I'm looking this way. Yeah. All right. What um? Oh yeah. What? How does it work? You just go. What? How does it work? We just fired up. Cab Washington, good to see Yo, you. Yo, Let's go, buddy. Yo, wasted no time, Guys, Cab's a great guy, man. I see him hanging out. You're a good hanger, I'd say. Yo, thanks, man. You know, I, you're I also a great comic, life. obviously, but, you know, the hang is something that people are not great at sometimes. Yeah, I don't I don't get... Do you have, like... Have you had an experience recently where you're like, yo, this person's always hanging, but it's the worst hang? No. Okay. Interesting. Well, I th- you know, there was actually at the stand the other night... I've seen this one particular kid like at least four or five times. And then finally I was like, yo, what's up, dude? I'm Ted. Like, nice to meet you. He's like, oh, what's up? I'm this guy, by the, by the way. Yeah. I just find like if you're going to hang, mm-hmm. I feel like you got to be good at the intros and shit. Right. And right. like the first time I've ever really barked on the street was before was the Saturday before we had the third annual Ted Jones World Vegan Hot Dog Eating Contest on Sunday. Yeah. And barking, man, is a hell of a beast. So anybody who's barking like on a consistent basis, basically, for those of you who don't know, barking before a comedy yeah, show. Yeah, you're not just going to yeah, yeah, try, yeah. Trying to bring people into the show, um, you know, making people feel more comfortable about coming into the comedy club, whatever it is. But I think just in general, um, like barking and networking are really good ways to just loosen you up. It's like also like a form of improv on stage. Right. As you know, like if you're, you know, not feeling maybe you're set, you kind of transfer gears and you're doing crowd work and stuff like that but i think in general all sorts of talking and networking and barking is good for comedy you know what i mean yeah i mean i started in journalism so in journalism that's like my background and uh, so it's a lot of interviewing it's a lot of interaction a lot of question asking um but a huge part of journalism is is relationships like every job i ever got i'm a producer on a show right now called first things first like every job i got up leading to this fox sports was all through 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 the friendship, the love, the who like people. What I learned early on in comedy is like people would rather be on tour with you for like mad days than you like slaughter every night. You know what I'm saying? Like definitely do your job, be funny on stage. But if you're the worst to like be around, locked, you know, in Des Moines, Iowa, and you're the worst to be around, then it's like, damn, I don't like. I rather you be like really, really funny at least early on. You know, where'd you go to college? I went to LaSalle. Is that Pennsylvania? Yeah. Okay. So a good amount of my family actually moved or grew up in Wilmington, Delaware. Okay. And then like almost all of them, they went to college in the Philly area and then they all moved to Philly. Oh, shit. So I've spent a lot of time in Philly. My dad went to college in Philly. Which one? Uh, He went to Wharton. Okay. University of Penn. Pennsylvania yeah, 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 business, business school and I've known people who've gone to UPenn my cousins went to UPenn so I've spent a lot of time in the city of brotherly love and Dude, I love it man I've never, done, I've never done comedy down there but I look forward to it and potentially doing it start from the beginning where did you grow up how'd you get into comedy and then how'd you get this great job that you have right now yeah so I grew up in the slums you know the gutter you know what I'm saying Philly North the, Philly where, no no <laughs> Meek Actually, Mill? quite the opposite. Downtown, if you're familiar, you know, eh, a little bit. Only just from like Meek Mill's raps and <laughs> Geno's and Pats, and yeah. just like that's as far as I know really about Philly. And- yeah. <laughs> but all your family's there. No, I, grew- <laughs> <laughs> I know I shouldn't have worn it. I shouldn't have worn. A man said Wharton. I was like, you mean Penn, right? <laughs> but no, I grew up in Philly, uh, downtown Philly. My dad owned a restaurant. I also worked in a restaurant growing up as a kid, like since I was seven. So your dad's restaurant? Yeah, yeah. He owned a soul just food like joint. Bus boy. And stuff was like cashier. that. Oh, dope. So I was seven years old. 
you know, Saturday night packed out, everyone's hungry, everyone's and frustrated, wasted. and you're just yeah, and you're just like, hey, oh my god, welcome to Ron's Ribs. Like, what can I get for you? Like, nice. Mm-hmm. That's a good like early taste of networking too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, continue. Exactly, man. So. So I worked for my dad. He passed away when I was 11, unfortunately. Um, we ended up we ended up closing the restaurant for a little bit and then opening it back up. My uncle ended up running it. But I moved in with my mom and my, my parents were separated. And so there's a lot of trauma associated with that. Parents separating, um, working at a very young age, um, and the dad passing away. So it was a lot of emotional neglect, just me sitting, sitting in my thoughts. But I always really love the opportunity to engage and interact and one of my biggest earliest influences actually was Stephen A. Smith crazy right I love him Stephen A. I'm talking I'm talking market 30 Stephen A. when he was just a columnist in Philly what's market 30 like mark is like a, it's like a journalism term if if you if like market so does like every city has a mark is a market so like LA and New York I think New York's number one LA is number two market 30 would be like Jersey City you know what I mean? So it's just, it's a it's a it's a media hub, but it's not like a top ten market. Like if you're a journalist, you want to get to a top ten market. Like in Chicago, you, maybe at the top the, five. Right. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Sh- Chicago, San Francisco, um, Philly, the top ten market, uh, Miami, things like that. But yeah, I got into got into journalism because of Stephen A. Smith. He was black. He was funny. He was talking about my man Iverson. I was a big sports fan. Was that the up. what was that what was that show called? Was that quite frankly? Or? Yeah, yeah, quite frankly. Yeah, it's so you need. <laughs> I freaking love was that, that was, dude. That the right yeah, thing? dude. That's the exact phrase you said. Quite frankly, that's all you need. Yeah, him and AI were boys. Really? Yeah, and he credits AI for like a ton of his success initially. I, by the way, was a journalism major at UConn. Oh shit! So I had my own show at oh, uh, you? UCTV. What? Bro, I played tennis there, and I was really focused on being on the tennis team for the first two and a half years. And then the last year and a half was like a shift. I ended up writing a movie script about Ryan Leaf, who I'm sure you know Ryan about. Ryan Leaf, dog. Yeah, dog. Fucking Chargers legend. Yes, dude. <laughs> Amazing. Not a lot of people know about that. But I don't. I don't want to interrupt you. Keep going. Keep going. No, about no, the Stephen A. Good. Smith. Um, looking up to Stephen A. Smith. Keep keep going about that. Yeah. So it was just like, yo, he was black and he was funny, you know. But he was extremely educated, well, like well spoken. Like he used words that you would never think. You're just like, what? The pan the pan the, the panoply. You're like, how the fuck do you? Winston Salem State, right? Yeah, Winston Salem State, North Carolina guy played ball there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wanted to follow in his footsteps. Um, also, growing up in Philly, you're either a rapper or a hooper. Whereas, so I played basketball, so I was always in the sports growing up. But yeah, I wanted to be Stephen A. Then I got to college, went to LaSalle, went to the same school my dad went to, went to the same school my brother went to. Um, really intimate, intimate uh, college experience, like 2000 undergrads. I was editor of my newspaper, or editor of the sports section editor, interviewing all the big names, made it to the Sweet 16, shot the LaSalle basketball. Oh, dude, while you were at school? Mm-hmm. Dude, we won Senior the national year, Dude, we won the national championship at UConn. Dude, fuck you guys. My you guys won the year. I was there when the women had that 90 that? game streak, yeah. winning streak. Like Who was Steph on that team? Was that, was that Ruth? Ruth? No, that was uh, the women. Demaya Moore. Maya Moore. Yeah. Steph, Maya Moore was my freshman year, and then Steph Dolson carried it. Um, Caroline Doty. There were a lot of women on that throughout those four years that yeah. were insane and uh, went on to be great WNBA players. Dude. And then we had Kemba Walker my freshman year. Kemba. Shabazz Napier. Were you there? Yeah. Dude, we were all around the TV. Uh, Puerto Rico spring break tennis trip. All of us were around <laughs> the freaking TV, the Big East tournament. Kemba's freaking dribbling, does the one step. Yo, and then on the, the pit guy was like... <laughs> Freaking bugging out, he freaking falls back and Kemba, we were all freaking bugging, dude. 
Dude, that trip I had 24 Krispy Kreme donuts. I was like, it was terrible. In one sitting. They were like, you can't do it, Ted Jones. I was like, all right, watch me. Pound 24 and then barfed as soon as I went to the bathroom. Projectile. What, what was the point? But it was fresh. Just because I was, was talking a, was a, a lot of shit donut? as a freshman. Okay. okay. We uh, passed by Krispy Kreme donuts. We were all getting donuts, dude. And I was like, I can house like 24 of those. And everyone was like, bet, bet. So like half the team was on my side. Half the team thought I was going to throw up. And I held it down until I went to the bathroom at the end of 24 and just projectiled. I don't know if I've ever told you guys that, but it's crazy yeah, team it. bonding experience. <laughs> so wait, uh, was that... Did you, did you, did you get, you went in the bath though, right? Did you, did people find no, out? No, I had to hold it down for 30 uh, minutes after. Damn. So I held it down for two or three minutes. I was like, I just gotta, I gotta go to the bathroom. I gotta sit down. I was going to potentially drop a deuce. As soon as I leaned over, just project out. <laughs> it was crazy, bro. Bro, I'm glad you're still alive, bro. You yeah, got man, I know, dude. Right I know. After that, man, I was like. freaking thin as shit. And then since that point, I've not had a Krispy Kreme donut. <laughs> I'm also, I'm also vegan, also but vegan. still, also dude, I'm like, vegan. I cannot even look at one any time after that. Dude, you're missing out, man. I haven't had one in a minute, though. <laughs> but, well, yeah. when you got your vaccine shots, you could have gotten those, which is crazy. I don't what know do you if mean? there was a deal in New York where oh. if you got your vaccine shot, you get two free Krispy Kreme donuts, which is like, bro, if you're getting a vaccine, I don't think you should be eating the worst thing possible for you, you know? I shouldn't, I shouldn't be there was a lot of things we shouldn't have been doing when That's we got the, the vaccine. Like, That's true, man. But you grew up in L.A., no? You were telling me briefly so, last. So right? here's the thing. So I had a, like a circuitous past. So I actually, so after I graduated, I grew up in. I was in Philly. I was like, yo, I, want, I need to get out of the city, start fresh, or whatever. Blah blah blah. Where'd you go to high school? By the way, uh, I went to Bishop McDevitt in Wincote. Okay, is that near the Catholic city? League. So do you know Cheltenham High School? My mom. So little Dicky went to Cheltenham because okay, right? my mom went to Harriton High School next to Lower Miriam. Yeah, in, yeah. In, uh, we played them in. We played them in high school. And Bishop McDevitt. We played them in. Uh, Springfield basketball tournament. Um, yeah, what's the I'm trying to think? Uh, no, nah, not really any NBA guys. So that was like the competitor to Lower Marion. Um, but yeah, I graduated and I was like, yo, big fish, small pond in Philly. Been here my whole life. Let me go spread my wings. I would, I should have moved to New York because I would have been the smart idea. That would have been the smart, the smart decision journalistically. But After I LaSalle. hated New York. Yeah, hated it. Crazy, right? Yeah. Because have you been? You don't spend more time in Philly. And you'll be like, yo, this is literally just a New York's just a bigger, more like industrialized Philly. Like, so it just reminded me too much of home. So I wanted to like go as further away from that as possible. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Right. I can see the definite definite similarities between New York and Philly, especially when like you grow up in Philly and then you kind of go to New York. You're like, all right, well, it seems similar. Like this area of New York reminds me of this area in Philly. And you can tell that with like the streets full of bars, restaurants and stuff like that. College life. Yep. And so forth. Mad fast, walking everywhere and yeah. shit. Yeah. Like a hundred different schools. There's mad schools in New York. There's mad schools in Philly. Um, yeah. So it was just like, I need to do something like completely different, like shock my system completely. So I got a job working in student affairs actually at UCLA and then was freelancing doing journalism on the side. And then from there, um, I was work. I was meeting mad people in LA. Like my first, my first like couple weeks I met Issa Rae, like, she was best friend. ESPN. Um, no, bro, you're racist, dog. No. She- <laughs> <laughs> is she a rapper? Is she a rapper? <laughs> is she? Oh, you're talking Issa about the entrepreneur. No, no, Issa Rae, Insecure. She uh, she produces one of the best shows on HBO <laughs> called Insecure. Um, she also, she's, um, <laughs> look her <laughs> you're thinking of, I think you're thinking of Josina Anderson. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, but uh, no, she came out with the show, um, um, called Insecure on HBO I made it to like Five or six seasons um, 
she's like a well well a really well-known black creative but one of the best in the game right now um, so i met her like my first couple weeks at the job um and then from there it was like i was knocking i was thinking about getting into entertainment but like growing up in philly and being around you know i, I grew up like middle class but lower middle class so even though we had a restaurant but um my parents would like would always be like you know get a job like be realistic things like that so um it was always like i could never get into entertainment i can never get into comedy i can never get into acting but then you know i, I did three years at ucla and then i kind of lost uh, my contract and then and then i just started doing comedy and then so i started comedy in la grew up in philly started comedy in la and then from la it was like it was like um, I was getting really good really fast, and I was I was I was working at a comedy club. So I was getting mad spots and doing big shows, but I but I knew like if I wanted to get really like crystal like really sharp as hell that I had to move to New York. Just how, more stage. Time how often there. were you doing comedy in L.A. when you first started? When I first started, so I was still doing improv and sketch, right? That's mm-hmm. how I really got into comedy. If you see over there on the refrigerator, we have the Herald right there from oh, the UCB what? class. Yeah, dude. That's Bro. like I was really involved at UCB and then New York? March, yeah, and then okay. March twenty twenty hit. I was supposed to try out for a Lloyd team. Were you doing O for and a Herald? That was team. It. Yeah. That was it. Damn. Did yeah. you finish uh, was it? Did you finish 301? So I finished 401. 401, right. Yeah, 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 and yeah. right at that, like a week and a half later, I was supposed to try out for a Lloyd team. Then Dude, everything you shut down. It, bro. Well, and then at that point, I was like Is that your first audition? No, that was my second one. Okay, the okay. first one I didn't get. The second one was about to potentially get. We'll see. And then at that time, I was also working at my dad's company. So I was kind of thinking about transitioning into entertainment full time, whether it was doing this podcast, which we had already started. Uh, th- it'll be three years in August. So at that well, time, major, yeah, so at that time, um, I was still working at my dad's company. I was like, OK, I want to take the full leap. But then once March 2020 hit, uh, I ended up being in my dad's company for another like year and a couple months yeah, yeah just because like i mean there was no real opportunities there you know right. even people were doing zoom shows and stuff i don't know if you were doing zoom shows yeah i actually i actually didn't hate zoom shows like, interesting yo. you're one of the first people who come on here who said you didn't yo, hate it because because i i just i mean coming from an improv background it's fun to like just experiment and go out and go out. like it's hard to do your hardest material on a Zoom show, like so, me, I would just like click mad windows and be like, "Look at you with your with your nut ass tapestry in the back of your fucking Love that, kitchen." Dude. Like, what do you what do you live by yourself? Like, I would just <laughs> I would just like, go ham. <laughs> what do you live by yourself? Like, <laughs> so you were in L. Your pandemic was crazy, you wasn't it? You're in L. A. Doing UCB or no? Yeah. So oh, I started nice. at Westside Comedy Theater. Shout out to Westside Comedy Theater. If you're in L. A., check it out. Some of the best shows in all of the city in Santa Monica, right by the Promenade. Um, so I started there. I was doing. I was like a stage manager. I was doing tech. I did every position there. Did all the improv class. Did all the sketch class. Did all the stand up classes. Um, so I started there. Um, but then I tore my Achilles randomly. I was working like four jobs. Working like two restaurant jobs. I was I was freelancing, and I was doing comedy every night. So I was just burnt out. My body was tore my Achilles. That's when I just locked into stand-up. I tore my Achilles, and I just started writing like crazy. Were you, like, bedridden so like after you year. tore it, though? Yeah. Yeah, I was perked up. I was bedridden for, like, for like a month. Yeah, I was crazy. Yeah. Um, I was playing basketball. Um, and, and yeah, I tore my Achilles in Philly. flew back to L.A., got the surgery. And then it was year two of, like, starting comedy where I really, like, started writing a lot and then going to, like, strictly stand-up mics and stuff like that. I was still doing a lot of improv, but, like, sketch was kind of an afterthought. Um, so it was really, like, stand-up and improv, like, but like going to shows and doing doing set mics and doing shows. Mics night. in L.A.? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so 
from there, I then moved to Hollywood. Uh, my buddy, my from college, he moved, so we went to LaSalle together. He had a, a dope ass spot, rooftop, everything in, in Hollywood, right by UCB Sunset, UCB Sunset and um, Franklin. And then, so I was doing 301, and then I started doing, uh, I, was, I was working interning there, and then I was doing stand up. But, but like, Hollywood is where it's at if you're in LA to like really be close to the valley, be close to like Melrose area, because that's where a lot of the mics and shows are. So I kind of went backwards. Like, I don't advise necessarily starting comedy in LA. Cause like you, excuse me. Like I would do a show with like Jamie Kennedy. You know what I'm saying? And so then I'm like, man, I'm Jamie Kennedy, dog. Six months into comedy, I, got, I barely got eight minutes. Like I'm Jamie Kennedy. Like I was just on the same stage with him. He got the same amount of laughs as me. You know what I mean? Mind you, he's working on like, like material that he just wrote this morning. Whereas me, I'm hitting like my most like heavy hitting and stuff. So, but it's like, it, it disillusions you to think that you're on that level, you know, cause you're on the same show with him. Then he's like, yo, come open for me, you know, at Brea Improv or come open for me at Ontario or whatever. Um, but then when you start going on the road, which I did a lot more when I moved to New York, then you see where you're, where you really stand as far as like material, as far as like, um, like uh, endurance and things like that. Like I was featuring during the pandemic for this guy, Brian Simpson, who's like on a tear right now, Netflix special um, booked with Joe Rogan, doing a lot of stuff with Burt Kreischer. You, like, you could tell he's been in the comedy like 10 plus years, like his hour, I watch his hour every time. And I'm just looking at it, watching just like, oh, this is like endurance. This is having been doing comedy for so long. Like, cause, cause he's just been repetition, pivot, audience throws him curveball joke doesn't land tag doesn't land switch it up like it's just it's just that is the rep petition that you need to really to really truly be great um so so that's what was in my mind when i was in la is like oh i need to either get really good really fast whether that means sticking around here or go to new york where there's a lot more stages i can play the east coast a lot more um it might be a tough to reset which is what i did i restarted kind of essentially but i think long term it'll be it'll be a, a better trade-off for me and how many years ago was that <clears throat> i moved to new york two years ago right before the pandemic yeah. oh wow right before the pandemic mm -hmm. unfortunately so i was only supposed to do like six months and like get my feet wet and stuff bring running late here which is i which is what i did yeah my show my yeah. comedy show and then um the pandemic hit and then i'd kind of been stuck here but but it's been great though it's been great to be closer to home uh, I've been producing a lot of great shows, building a lot of material, having a lot of fun with the East Coast. So how have you felt that the New York comedy scene has been different than the L.A. comedy scene in saying that people should start in New York comedy if you really want to do it seriously? Yeah. So it's weird, man. It, it, there's so many ways to attack that conversation. And we have this conversation all the time because it's a big New York versus L.A. battle. I'll say on the base level, LA, New York uh, comedians are better writers like you, you learn early on in New York, or like you see current comics early on, even if a, if a joke isn't good, their premise is set up and structured with like tag, 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 punchline. You know what I mean? Whereas LA, it's like, I could go on stage at a mic and be like, yo, it's crazy how like TikTok is, is like, is wild. And I'll just have a thought out of my mind, almost something that you would tweet, but it would get a crazy laugh. So then you're under this impression that like half-baked thoughts are really funny. Whereas here, full-fledged out like, ideas and jokes like really stick because the attention span here is so much shorter with audiences so it's like you see like a guy like mark norman last per minute like tag 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 totally um whereas la it's a little bit more like you can get off of your likeness a lot more you know i don't i don't think that's bad but i think it's just 
it's different and it depends on how well that can transcend and and can you take that to, to a Milwaukee or can you take that to a Chicago? Can you take that to a Minneapolis? Can you take it to a Virginia Beach, you know? Um, and I just think that the, a comic who's come out of, uh, who, who spent more time in, in New York um, could, could get more, can, can kind of transcend more um, around the country than someone, someone from L.A. Because L.A. Is a, it's a very different living experience. And it's also kind of like when you think about comedy shows in New York City, you can really go any day, any particular time, really any place. And More stages. Yeah, and you'll see at least one comic who was making you laugh the entire show. You know, you go to a free show in Bushwick, yeah. and chances are you can see someone who's going to have a Netflix special in two or three years, something like that. And maybe you wouldn't see that in, in L.A. So that, so that's the only thing that I think is a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a different, of a, like a... New York, there's so many more comics, right? So many more stages, but there's also so many, so many more comics fighting for so many, so many spots, right? Whereas LA, I think, if you're not an amazing, if you're not the best comedian in the city, you could still really find a lane podcasting, or you could still find a lane in some level of content creation, or you could build a lot of relationships a little bit more easier. Like New York, there's just so many more people, so there's so many more people like trying to get their foot in the door but i think la you can also get into acting early on like you can balance acting with comedy whereas like a lot of people i see in new york will have been doing stand up for like 10 plus years and then and then they'll be like all right let me go to la and and get a get a get an acting gig whereas whereas in um whereas in la you can kind of do background and do principal work and and take classes there's just more of a culture there of of having of being like more of a hyphenate whereas here in new york it's a lot of like I only do stand up and then like I'll take an audition or I'll do a couple of shows or I'll do a couple um so I'll do a couple movie roles or something like that. Whereas whereas LA it's much more in your in your career trajectory. It's like I'm 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 acting and I'm doing comedy. But all you're the time. more of a fan of L- um, New York now more so than LA. Ah, bro, it's it, I think it's just different, you know. I love I love the opportunities to do comedy here, but I miss all the homies and I do miss the opportunities like like there's way more stuff being shot every day in LA. You think so? Yeah. Don't you find it to be a little bit slower though? Yeah, it's slower. But like, if you ever, you ever are you submitting for stuff right now or like no, casting really. Frontier not or right like now, backstage? Right All that stuff is like casting in in LA. Commercials, small shit like Geico, fucking, fucking uh, rent a car, fucking Enterprise. Like it's just random ass shit that you could get a nat NBA TV. Like you can get a lot of just random ass stuff. Like if you go to an LA improv show, you'll just see every, you'll just see, you'll be watching like a regular Herald team. Like, yo, I seen him at the what's it called commercial. Right, or I seen him at the, uh-huh. the other song. Oh shit. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay, Jeff, I see you bro. Like, so, so I'll say, but I, but I, but the thing I, I love about New York is that it has a more regular life experience though. Like, you have the day to day of of like weather and train and shittiness, whereas LA you kind of get sucked into like this this euphoric life that is like not really real. You, you think know? that's bad for a creator or somebody trying to make it an entertainment? <sighs> like in working for Fox yeah. Sports One, where do you think is the best place for somebody to look for a job like you have right now? Um, oof, that's a great that's a great question. I would say. I mean, we have an office in both. Um, I actually started in the office in L.A. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But I would say... <sighs> to be a Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, to be a Stephen A., I would say you probably should get... I would say you should probably start in New York at, like, a basic desk job, like a web producing job, 
and then build enough of a reel like uh so you're doing packages by yourself like what you're doing online right now is is lit you could create a reel and then submit that to a local news station in like a top 30 market like a austin or like a dallas and then you could, they could probably put you on as like a desk a desk um you know reporters that was like, like that. my thought initially in the latter years of college like junior and senior year when i like had my own show i was wearing a suit doing news and stuff yeah. like that not really doing too much man on the street stuff but looking for opportunities whether it was in i guess we're saying like a top 30 market but just places that weren't even really existent of like a top 30 like they were opportunities in in des moines iowa as you'd Dark. say like kansas and stuff like that and that was just shit Fucking i really Spokane, did not it's not what Eugene, i wanted to oregon do, you're yeah. just like it was just not really what I wanted to do being a, be like a news personality. So coming back to the city, working corporate, uh, working for my dad's real estate company, mm. I got like a total feel of the real estate in New York, which is like a huge market. Like people, when you talk about real estate, you think about huge cities like New York, maybe Los Angeles, yeah. Miami, Texas, stuff like that. But just being like, on the front lines and kind of figuring out what I didn't really want to do. <laughs> I think like, <laughs> no, that's, I think it was good. Such you know? a pivotal piece of the journey. Totally, man. It's like what boxes you, you've already checked off. Like, like nah, that's not. Yeah. Me. And I feel like, I don't want to say I've started over so many times, but there have been points in my life where I'm like, yo, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Let's kind of figure out the next one. And at that particular moment, I didn't think like, oh, I'm starting over completely. But like looking back a few months or like looking back a few years, I'd be like, oh, that was the point where I kind of started over, whether it was doing the podcast, the vlog, starting the Ted Jones comedy show. There were just points where I was like, OK, this isn't working. I'm not liking what I'm doing. Let's kind of transfer and do this. Yeah. Did you ever find that in terms of like doing your job now or moving from LA to New York when you were like, okay, I want to start over. Uh, I mean, I always have had in mind, like, like the end, right. Which is like big headlining or like doing something where everyone can see me around the country, like having the biggest audience possible and always, and always traveling. Um, Do you see yourself having like a big sports gig doing something like that? Being like Stephen A and looking up to him? Because he has such a big personality. Yeah, but it, dog. So that was, so at first I wanted to be Stephen A. But then I was my senior year of college. Um, and I, I just been to all these like journalism and conventions. And like Stephen A sacrifices so much to talk about player one beating player two off the dribble for a basket. Like, I, like the roteness of sports is like, it it, it, it it at some point is just is it seems limiting like even just while like I'm on I'm on a I work I'm a producer on a show and like we've talked about KD and Kyrie for the past ten days in a row dog like but not w- at one point we can throw in there like a joke about you know marriage or not one point in there can we be really crass or anything like that so it's so it's limiting in that regard and but here's the thing is every ten years is these there are these like. Um, there are these transcendent players that are legendary in the league that, they, that you talk about again. So it's just a conversation that kind of goes in a loop. So once I realized how, how much of that is just boring to me, it's like, oh, I'll do the job. I'll make money. I'll, I'll, I'm really good at it. I've been doing it my whole like adult life. Um, like I'll do it. Like I'll be a producer on a show. But I knew at some point like I'm just going to work until like I can then have my own creative thing, which will probably be like a which is what I'm doing now, which is kind of like hip hop and uh, what's like a music but like alternative avant-garde comedy experience, um, which is like an assemblance of music and comedy. So, and then maybe I'll throw sports in there. Like I take, I wouldn't say no to a gig at like Barstool. You know, I wouldn't say no to a gig at the Ringer. You know, but 
but as far as like, do I want to sit at a desk and be like, all right, guys, we're here at Wimbledon. Um, Djokovic is going to try to come out here with a win. Like, Dude, I'm fired up about that match on Sunday, <laughs> by the way. Anyway, it's be, yo, curious might it's come insane, out. insane, bro. I set my alarm. 9 a.m. Sunday. Oh, shit. By the way, it's freaking Monday. Hopefully, you guys didn't miss that match yesterday as we were releasing this. By the way, it's Monday. Yeah. Hopefully, you guys didn't miss that match. Nick Kyrgios versus Djokovic. But yeah, I think like what you're saying, you want to be the guy who's able to talk about basketball, but then also go to the Grammys and, you know, shoot the shit with Future and Drake. Exactly. Which isn't really, there's not really a person who does that yet. And it seems like up until this point, people have kind of been very sport specific, um, whatever it is, music specific, acting specific. There's not really someone who kind of has their own show that's like a, incorpor- that incorporates all of it, you know? Exactly. I mean, there's some complex. Complex has some programming, maybe something like that. But it's all for the network. You want right. it to be like the Cab Washington show that covers all those things, right? Yeah. That's that's really just a, a reflection of me and all my interests, which right, is right, family, right. comedy, music, and and fucking sports. But that was a pivot, though. That was a pivot because I was, you know, doing like, just like I was hitting mics every night, I was hitting like covering stories every night. Like while you were going to frat parties, like I was covering, you know, the LaSalle men's basketball team, getting a feature story on, you know, from Ramon Galloway, you know. So, so but I, I, I took a lot of that journalism and a lot of that. Um, I was actually supposed to go to grad school at Northwestern in Medill, um, but because I wanted, because at one point I was like, I don't want to do sports anymore. I want to do urban communities. I want to do investigation. I want to do like vice type stuff. Was that I, journalism school, by the way? Yeah, J okay. school. Uh huh. Uh, that's where like Seth Meyers went. It's where Stephen Colbert. It's where uh, Robin Thede went. But I was just like, yo, I can pay a hundred grand to go pretend like I want to do journalism again, like pretend like I'm, all my eggs are in one basket with journalism, or I can just like, nah, stay in LA, do comedy, and that's and that's what I did. Um, but yeah, it was journalism all the way. Until I was just like gun to my head, like metaphorically, it's like nah, let's just rock out with what your what your gut's telling you. Yeah, couch surfing sucks, but you know, being unhappy sucks too. That's definitely true. Did you move here with a roommate in mind? Like, were you planning out your New York move, or did it kind of just happen? No, it actually it was one of those things that it. I I had thought about it a lot, but my roommate at the time, she's a director, really, really profound director in New York. Uh, We had grown up together, a lot of stage plays and then a lot of like TV stuff recently. She was like, yo, do you want to live in New York for six months? And I was like, yo, let's fucking, let's do it. When was this though? This was like Like summer November 2019. Okay. November 2019. She's like, yo, do you want to move in like next month? And I was like- Like six months before the pandemic. "Mm Mm-hmm. COVID, we were just getting like- Hey, COVID's getting crazy. It's moving around. Don't take flights. And I was like, all right, let me just get on this one last flight to New York real quick. <laughs> like before they close the plane. Yeah, before they close the plane, let me just get on this joke. <laughs> It'll be a couple months. It'll subside. Then I'll get back on a plane to LA right yeah, after that. Two weeks, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember first moving here and fucking just getting booked on mad shows and stuff. Oh, and yeah, then like, how though? One after, was that? How'd you get booked on a lot of shows here? I had just cold dm and then a lot of new york comics had um had spent time in in, la and yeah or they had just spent time in la and i was like yo i just moved here can i like do a spot you know and it was stuff like that um and they're like hey we gotta cancel a show we gotta cancel a show and i'm like all right cool well let me know when you have more avails you know um but then yeah the, the covid there wasn't a lot of avails for a lot of a lot of time but i will say it it was hard though. It was hard, and it was it was starting over in in New York. The comics here are a little bit more cold. Like L.A. is a great relationship city. The city is a great 
relationships. It's all predicated off of relationships. Like you could, you could post up with your Ted Jones uh, world podcast and 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 interact and interview every big headliner out of the comedy store. And then one of them's like, "Yeah, I really fuck with you. Do you want a headline? Or just sorry, do you want a feature for me or a host for me in San Jose or in um, Texas? Do you have? Can you buy this flight?" And that's what a lot of I think the beauty of LA is. Or they'll be like, "Yo, you'd be great for a movie role." on you know my pilot and then all of a sudden now you're you're acting on stuff so whereas new york it's a lot more of like oh how long you've been doing it for which is dope too like like la is fake it till you make it new york is grind till you come up like anybody who's good here has has seen it all like so by the time they get on the big stage it's like dude i've been hit i've been i've been bombing at mics for five years why do you think that's different though i i think just i don't I want to say just because of the culture of of the of the city, like the fact that it's so saturated and the fact that there's so many people here is just it's just been a passing down of like a burden ship. It's like, oh, we all went through this, this hardship. So you can't not go through it. And also kind of when you talk like that, it seems like that's kind of the attitude in the corporate ladder. Right. You think about you hear these guys who are coming out of a pen, a UPenn, a Harvard, Princeton, they come to the city. They are first a summer intern after their freshman year at Harvard or after Princeton. They're working 11-hour shifts, you know, making barely minimum wage considering how many hours they're working, sometimes sleeping at the office. And then by the time they're 35 years old, they're making $1 or $2 million a year, and then the trajectory keeps going forward like that. But it seems like in New York, like in the corporate ladder, and also comedy, you pay your dues early. You're hitting open mics the first three to five years you're even doing comedy. Even if you're killing at clubs, you're just stage time, stage time, meeting people, stage time, traveling a little bit, headlining, maybe featuring in Buffalo, some shit like that. Right. But it, it kind of, like you were saying initially, your first six months in comedy, you were on the same stage as Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. Now, Who's Most Wanted, one of my favorite fucking movies of all time. <laughs> like, dude, I reached out to That's Jamie. Yeah, too, yeah. I reached out to Jamie Kennedy for one of the first three shows that we had here in New York City. And I was like, holy shit, he responded oh, he to my town? DM. No, he said he was oh, like, Jamie's, Jamie's one of the cool and LA comics are those big names. There's so a lot of them are so dude, fucking like chill, a bro. lot of them have responded to me. Like even the first like three shows that we had here in New York City it was like, if you're around, like come do my show. would love to have you like people who just wanted to, I don't know, just connect. And it just seems like LA is more of like a connection city and people will give you opportunities because you're kind of close by and they know what you could potentially do when New York, like you said, it's like, how many years have you been doing it? How right. many times have you seen you? Right. Or, oh, you're kind of still new in comedy. Like what? I've been doing comedy for fucking five years. I'm not still new. Right. Like, right. Oh, well, you're new in this particular circle of comedy. 200%. 200%. And like I said, I don't, and like I said, I don't want it to like, like I, I'm not here to like tell a comic how to go about their career, you know, but I just, that's just what I've you experienced. That. What I've, yeah, exactly. What I've observed. And I think like it, I, I liken it to this is like going, go to an environment that can best complement how, 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 how your success looks. So that means being in New York and, and, and you think it's a better outside life experience. Or if you're getting a balance of like, hangouts with friends you're getting a balance of like lived experiences you're also getting a balance of being able to get on stage then do that you know if you feel like you're getting that in la you're getting a balance of of all those things that go into like being a good a good creative which is a balance of life in and like hitting things hard then do that if that makes means going to austin which is also another hub right now 
um, Chicago, which is a very slept on city. Some of the some of the best in the game: Will Miles, Clark Jones, fucking T. Murph, Chris Red, um, Josh Johnson, who's from um, who li- who's killing it out here. A lot yeah. of Chicago has one of the best scenes, and a lot of the people out there can go pound for pound with anyone around the country. The Bay also a lot of great content. Shout out to my guy Andrew Rolfo, uh, Joey Avery, Mark Smalls, uh, Daoud. They all came out of the Bay, um, and they're in LA now eating. You know what I mean? So it's like go to an environment. That you think best um, complements how how you can be successful, and I think right for me right now it's it's New York, it's close to home, um, and and but I but I don't know what that'll look like in the next six months to a year, but but I'm having fun while I'm here right now. And you thought initially you thought initially L A was going to be that for you. You thought you were going to end up in L A. Like when I was, think when does the thought of New York come into your head? I think ultimately I will end up in L A. Just because. I have, I, have a, I have a lot of family. I have a lot of friends, close relationships. Okay. And I love the sunshine, dog. It gets cold out here, and I just get depressed, dog, like anybody else. But it's just like, it's just like I want that mansion. I want that thing in the hills. I want to, I like the seclusion. I like the views. I like to be able to, I love the West Coast, you know? Um, but, but I like the, I like the, the ego a little bit of, of New York. Like, New York is, it's everything earning it humbles you. And that's something that, that I, that I've enjoyed more recently is like, I got to do a, I got to do this one bringer show. That's going to open me up to getting, you know, 10 spots a week, or I got to do, I got to bark or whatever. I mean, I haven't done it yet, but like, I gotta, you know, show a lot of it. I gotta be in all these different scenes, like so much all the time. And I can't be mad because the person who's in front of me has been doing this for 11 years and he's just getting on in this city. So, so it's made me respect and, 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 and find a new like connection with with the art that is just like oh like because you can get off with with kind of cheating you know you can get off with like i'm I'm gonna wait to write tomorrow or i'm gonna wait to to fucking to to do this thing the next day but no new york holds you accountable for like nah nah bro each and every day because if someone's been doing comedy for 20 years that you'll see at new york comedy club who have like one avail and he'll show up on get on stage you're like who the fuck it's Johnny Johnny Smolmani from Staten Island, and he'll rip. And you're like, oh yeah, dog. He been he came up with fucking, you know, with Louis C.K. back in the day. And you're just like, what? So that's the part about New York that I really been been fucking with. Yeah. Do you ever think you'll open up a restaurant? I think yeah, definitely. I think once once it all pops off, I'm definitely gonna open up a Ron's. Um, after I have the, I'm I'm working on a Ron's pilot about. About owning my dad's restaurant. Um, so once I open up the pilot, you know, once I get the big, the big, you know, NBC deal, then I'm gonna open up the restaurant, um, and then I'm probably gonna, I'm probably gonna have a house in Philly, and then a house in LA. Come to New York when I'm working out, you know, hours. But so my grandma's in Gladwin, so country hawking, rather. Gladwin. Yeah, dude. So I might dude, be going down there like a couple ever, Oh, yeah? Don't ever. That's like when you're. When you're <laughs> I used to go to King of Pressure Mall, Toys R Us. Anytime. I guess it was probably like 2K came out yeah. or Madden came out. I'd go there. <laughs> my grandma would get it for me, dude. That you was amazing. Up. Amazing times. Yeah, dude. I remember that. One of the that. best malls in the country. Yeah. yeah, one of the biggest too, right? Mm-hmm. You ever go to the? You've been there, obviously, many, Dude, many was, times. Yeah, that was. The Did you hang out there as a kid with your friends, like in the mall, bro? You'd cop a lay. You'd you'd go to the mall, cop a lay, right? Like a like a, a outfit, a layout. You know? <laughs> <laughs> a lay. You cop a layout. It. Yeah. You go back to your homie's crib. You put the fit on. Then you go back to the mall where. 
try to play you're like oh there go to john from so-and-so <laughs> this was just like before the first day of school no. or this is just like anytime this is any weekend any weekend you cop a fit you go to the mall you post up because you're not drinking yet you yeah. know you're like 16 is that the mall was where you met was where you met girls you know i feel like growing up in go to willow grove a lot too i don't know if you've oh, heard okay of I've, I've heard of that i feel like growing up in a city maybe like philadelphia caused you to grow up a little bit faster where you feel pretty independent there yeah 100 like, percent. so my dad passed away when i was young yeah. and then my mom you know was busy um you know just providing for me and my brother and then she also had a boyfriend so she was out of town all the time like she would leave like twenty dollars uh for the weekend and then um i would just be like yo my buddy Rance, he's uh one of my buddies from uh from high school, we used to be like, yo, we trying to go to Willow Grove? And he'd be like, all right, bet I'm going to pick you up. Or my dad's going to, my dad's going to pick you up in Germantown. And then we're going to, we're going to go to the mall and stuff. So, so I was, I was like, I raised, like, I didn't raise myself. Like I had, you know, I never wanted for a lot, but, but I was, I was alone a lot. You know, Kevin Iso has a funny, Kevin also has a funny joke about that where it's like home alone or like black home alone is just like home. <laughs> it's not anything specific. It's not uh, by it's just it's not anything special. It's yeah, just, it's just you be you, when you home and you're black. It's just always alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you look forward to this summer, man? And then coming into the the fall, do you have anything exciting coming up that you're looking forward to? Yeah, bro. So we just brought Running Late back to Brooklyn. I was it was a show that was really crushing it during the pandemic. We we're doing it weekly, but I was so burnt out um, from producing that during during the pandemic. So I shut it down. Then I took it to my hometown of Philly. Um, and did a lot of did, been doing it for a year there, but now I just got a spot back in Brooklyn. So I'm excited to do produce a show in Philly and a, and a show in New York every every month, and and just stay on the road, man. I want to produce another. I'm going to do a running late in LA in August, and oh, then dope. hopefully do Milwaukee, a couple more, a couple more cities. And um, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Running late is it's it's like been my step my child since like that since after tearing my Achilles, and then. Starting to do shows and stuff like that. Like six months into comedy, I was doing, started producing um, that show, and then I was in LA, and then brought it to New York. So it's like my, it's like my child, and I'm excited to see it grow over the summer. How much time are you comfortable doing on stage now? Time. So I featured for, so I, I featured for Brian Simpson, and I'm good with twenty. I'm good with twenty. I can do more always, but like, like if. I, I've done more I've done half hours But it's like How How much am I stretching Is it tight You know How much crowd work Am I right, right, incorporating right. into it um, But But I just I lo- If I I get I get caught into doing A lot of crowd work And I can really Like a lot of New York comics Hate that But I I love I love to be in the moment I love to add more With that But as far as like It depends man I'd say I'd say 20 Consistently with With um with jokes, but then crowd work, we can go to the moon. So what do you see going forward with Fox Sports? With Fox Sports? Yeah. We're actually moving. Well, I'll, I'll say that news. But uh, I'm excited about the show. It's super lit. There's some new things coming down the pipe with that. Um, you ever see Andy Roddick? Is he still working at Fox Sports 1 for the tennis? He I might. Know he was. He initially. might, but I think he's in the L.A. office. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... It's it's a dope gig, man. I love working with Nick Wright. Um, I don't know if you're a fan or no. I, I, big time basketball mm-hmm. announcer, not announcer, but like analyst, analyst. rather. Mm-hmm. I remember him and Stephen A. Smith were on it. Or who? What was the show that he was him on? And Chris Carter. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Chris Carter was a receiver for the Vikings football. Yes, and the Eagles. 
And the Eagles. Come when on, dog. the Eagles, sleep. bro. You got all these Philly ties, bro. You when, gotta know everything I know, about. Dude, I don't know shit. Wait, when was he? I'm gonna say Gladwin. When no. was he? When was he on the Eagles? <laughs> he was on the Eagles before. So he was cracked out on the Eagles. Out. He was on the Eagles before he was on the Vikings. Um, he was on. He was on the Eagles. Had a lot of bad drug issues, personal issues, and then moved to Minnesota. Kind of refound his life. Um, but he was he was putting up numbers with Randall Cunningham. You know? Randall Cunningham. Mm-hmm. I remember him. Him but, and the Vikings number seven. Yeah, dog. The original running quarterback. Yeah. But, but yeah, he was lit. But Nick, but Nick's like taking this shit to the next level. And working with guys like that, like Nick wakes up, one hour of sleep, watch the Lakers game, comes and brings that work every morning. Yo, we gotta do this. We gotta do this differently. We gotta we gotta switch topics to this. Like, but always bring his A game. So being around that is a, is also like made me you know respect like whatever you're doing, do it, do it to the fullest, and know that it's gonna come with a lot of sacrifices. Where's the office? Uh, it's uh, at uh, Rockefeller, so right at um, right at uh, Thirty Rock. Yeah, yeah. So right at um, yeah, at the Fox, big Fox News building. We we record out of there. Nice man. Yeah, Kevin Wilds, Chris Bustrada, guy. I grew up, I grew up um, watching a lot. So it's a, it's a dream job, but you know, there's more there's more dreams. There's more dreams that I have that I'm excited to pursue, man. Love it. Cab man, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, bro. Shout it down the lens, man. Uh, Plug yourself. Plug the uh, comedy show that you're hosting. Yo, and um, check this guy out. Running late comedy show, dog. The illest comedy show in the universe. We're in Brooklyn, actually. We're in Brooklyn, July fifteenth, Friday. Pull up. It's gonna be lit. We got Reggie Conquest, Derek Gaines, JJ Matisse, Jonas Janot, and me hosting at Friends and Lovers. Um, Follow Running Late Comedy Show. uh, No G. Running Late Comedy Show on Instagram. And uh, support my guy, Ted Jones here, bro. This is my fucking bro, man. He's, he's doing this thing. He's out here, bro. He's a killer. Cab Washington, thanks so much. Cab also on the show, by the way, guys, next Monday, July 19th. Oh, so yeah. this Friday, check out Running Late Comedy Show in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. July 15th. Uh, check the link in your bio. Yeah, check the link in my bio. Oh, sorry. Follow me on Instagram also, cab underscore Washington, yeah. <laughs> were, you, were you see it? Were you see it? <laughs> <laughs> Cowboys, you need a freaking man. Yo, Thanks so much. Thanks, and bro. we'll see you guys next time. Peace.